Hello, Suns fans. Our boys just beat the Lakers. My buddy Panza is here to talk about it with me. Also, will Bull Bull go down as the greatest player of all time? Are Suns fans overdramatic? Let's figure it out. Welcome to Staring at the Suns podcast. Uh, we just watched the Suns take down the Lakers in fantastic fashion. I'm joined today by Panza. You can find him on Twitter as at Panza. Uh, pretty creative name there. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, great win for the Suns today. Thanks for having me on. For sure, for sure. Good to have you. Um, before we dive into that game, uh, I saw you ordered some book ones. I did. I had to get them on the resale market. I'm pretty, my bank account's not happy about that, but, uh, my, my, uh, I don't know how to say this, but my, my internal self is very happy with my decision. Well, you're supporting Devin Booker. You got to. You're, you're advertising. I think he's, isn't he the first like drafted Suns player to get his signature shoe? Uh, I'm not sure, but that seems right. I think Nash had one, but I don't think they were like widely released. Or I guess you no, know, Jason Kidd wasn't drafted by us either. So no. I think Book might be one of the first ones. So we got to support the guy. Well, good stuff. Have they come in yet? Or are you still waiting? Still waiting. I just ordered them late Thursday night from uh, Goat. So uh, we'll we'll see them in a, you know, a week probably. Right on, right on. Well, uh, looking at this Suns-Lakers game, uh, starting off, we weren't sure what was going on with injuries. Uh, ended up not having Eric Gordon. Of course, Beal wasn't going to be playing. Uh, and we had Royce O'Neal stepping in the starting lineup, uh, which from the announcement of it, I was excited about. How did you feel going into the game about him starting? Yeah, it was a look I, I definitely wanted to see the Suns uh, use before the playoffs start because I think we're going to need them more in the playoffs in that starting role. Um, I think having Grayson come off the bench eventually as like the key six-man hitting threes is going to be huge for the team, but we need that size and length that that Royce, Royce has. Um, like guarding Kawhi and guarding some of those bigger guys in the West. So it was a good, good first look with him and he, uh, he performed well. For sure. And I mean, I think that's what they were going for trading for him. And we have the scoring firepower in the starting lineup. I was worried about scoring firepower off the bench and between that and bowl bowl kind of <laughs> coming into form, man, it's uh it's great. It's pretty exciting to see that uh, going the way it is. Finally uh, have some bench pieces, Brad. Finally. Finally. Uh, but yeah, like uh, injuries, we weren't sure. Not only on the Sun side, we didn't know if uh, LeBron and AD were going to be playing. They were both in today. Um, so with that win, are we easing some worry? Are we... I, I hope other Suns fans are easing on their worries. Uh, the last two games were rough. Uh, yeah. They should have won both those games, I feel. They, they kind of let those ones go. Um, this one... You know, getting a win against the Lakers is always key, but to do it, you know, this late in the season when you got to ramp up and get into intensity mode and for them to do that today and, you know, keep that lead throughout the whole game was was good to see. For sure. And we're going to dive further into uh, emotional Suns fans a little bit later in the podcast. But uh, I wanted to go through the game a little bit because I did have some notes uh, early on, just starting with the first quarter, we watched Nurkic aggressive from the get-go on AD, which was great. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he had 8.7 rebounds in the first quarter, drawn two fouls on AD, uh, not to mention Rui ended up with two fouls early, which I think kind of uh, opened up the inside for the Suns a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw Bowl going off seven points in his first five minutes on the floor, book 11 and five in the first quarter, 45 point first quarter for the Suns. Uh, it was 17 to seven in rebounds. Right off the bat, we were like, okay, great start. This is looking good. And uh, how'd you feel after the first quarter seeing him play like that? Oh, the first quarter, I thought we were going to blow him out by 40. Uh, if they continued that <laughs> that uh, that run they had in that first quarter, we would have been, that would have been an amazing game to watch. But I knew the Lakers were going to you know, toughen up and come back a little bit. So, And you're not wrong. No. Because, because first thing in the second quarter, Lakers go on a 7-0 run. Suns call a timeout. Um, so that's when we start getting concerned. Akogi's uh, scared to take his shots. He has that travel. They benched him after that. Like he, he didn't get yeah. any more run after that. And I'm not exactly. surprised. And D'Lo gets on fire. But, uh, you know, ultimately the first half looks pretty good for the Sun. Second quarter, we had a couple worries uh, going into the half. It's the second half. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, I, the second quarter didn't bother me too much. I figured the Lakers were going to come back swinging. You're not, they're not going to lay down. LeBron's never going to lay down like that. AD's not going to stop. Um, my worry was the third quarter where I knew the Lakers were going to keep coming because they, they smelled blood in the water at that point. So, Yeah, and it seemed like uh, a little iffy of a game until late, not, well, not late in the fourth, but like, you know, Six, seven minutes left in the fourth, the Suns started putting it together and uh, seemed like they were going to come away with the win. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up was Katie's shooting. Yeah, Seems he was like in a slump today. Off, uh, and <laughs> lately, too, and I'm not sure exactly what that is. Uh, just a rough stretch, maybe. I well today the Lakers were doubling a tripling on almost every time he touched the ball, so I'm not surprised he had some issues. But he had some open looks that he usually would make, or some contested shots he would usually make that just weren't dropping in. And you could see him like you know rim around and it just popped out. He missed a few layups that he you know he might have got shoved and there was no call made. Who knows? Who knows? I wasn't there. I I wasn't seeing what the rest were seeing. But (laughs) um, you know it just seemed like some shots was just bad luck not going in. So. Sure, sure. And I mean, that's where you really miss Bradley Beal on the floor. Uh, there was an unfortunate amount of Suns fans on Twitter the past, you know, 48 hours. Uh, trash and Beal, but they don't understand the value he brings as far as spreading the floor and uh, being that third option that they're not going to leave open to go guard Katie or Book. Exactly. And, you know, he, he gets the third best defender on him. And he's going to take that third best defender to the rim every time. So you're missing that that guy who's going to, you know, attack the basket, kick out when he can. And uh, we just don't have anyone on the bench to kind of replace that. Um, I mean, they tried with Saban Lee, but he, you know, I don't know if he can play the big time minutes like that going into the playoffs. So, Well, I do want to uh, talk about attacking the basket, but uh, just to sum things up, Suns come away with the win after uh... – a loss against Dallas and a loss against Houston. We got Houston uh, coming up two more times. Uh, I feel like the Suns' cof- confidence is a little bit boosted now, and uh, they might feel better going into these next two games against the Rockets. But as far as uh, at the rim, I was looking at some stats on cleaning the glass. Uh, 
Booker is in the 93rd percentile at his position for scoring at the rim. KD, the 99th percentile, which basically means he's the best at it. Uh, Beal in the 79th percentile. So three guys that are way high above average uh, scoring at the rim. Also three guys that, I mean, Beal shoots, you know, 78% from free throw. So good, not great, but uh, Katie and Book, fantastic free throw shooters. And you got two of the, what, top six or seven three-point shooters on our team. Just standing wide open usually. Yeah, so it seems like attacking the basket's got to be a priority. I don't know uh, if that's what Vogel's seeing, but it seems like they're either going to score, draw a foul, or kick out to a three-point shooter that's more likely to make it than he's likely not to. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the, it seems to be the Kevin Young offense we've been rolling with for a little bit, uh, especially when Book's running the show. When Paul was running it, a little different, obviously, but when Book has a ball in his hands, that's kind of the offense they're going for. And you can see the results when they're hitting their shots. Um, it's it's hard to guard them. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be adjustments. There's going to be, you know, not being able to do what your plan was when players are injured, et cetera. But uh, hopefully we see more attacking the basket, more drawing fouls. Uh, you know, that's been a thing in Suns recent past of you know not getting to the free throw line but hopefully that gets cranked up that could be uh i was gonna say booker has been doing better about it this this season for sure absolutely it's it's been great to see that for sure for sure well the meat of the show i wanted to dive into um if you are active on twitter as a suns fan you know how dramatic it gets uh we win a game we're winning the chip. We lose a game. Blow it up. Everyone on this team is garbage. It's a little bit frustrating going on there every day, seeing this back and forth. Yeah, it, it's terrible. Like, if you have a lull between games and the Suns lose a game, you have two two to three days of them, you know, sky is falling, everything, trade everyone. We're going to, you know, let's go for a draft pick instead of going for the play-in tournament. Like some ridiculous takes out there if you get thrown around. Well, I guess my question is, where is the line for loyalty? Like, when are you being concerned and when are you being dramatic? When are you being optimistic and when are you being delusional? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I mean, I think it's different for everyone, obviously. Uh, For me, I, you know, I don't want to you know, say how old I am, but you know, LeBron <laughs> and I graduated high school the same year. So seeing some of the takes I've, I've seen, you know, probably from the younger sons fans, you know, that's just how it is when you're younger, you got a lot of emotions floating around. You haven't watched as much basketball, but as someone who's gone through all these seasons and seen, you know, almost watched almost every game I could, um, it, you got to be able to control these emotions a little bit better and, uh, you know, realize it's a February game, you know, sure. it's not the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, seeding is something to be, you, you want to focus on, but the team doesn't seem to be too bothered by any of this. No. Book, KD, Beal, Vogel all seem to be fine. Um, I'm going to worry when they all start worrying. Um, so I'm, I'm going to keep it cool until the playoff time. And then, you know, you'll see my emotions come out a little bit more, I think. And I think we should clarify, like as quote unquote old heads, um, when we say, we've seen more games. It's not saying you don't know ball. Like 
So these, I know a lot of these young guys really know their stuff. They watch every game. Absolutely. It's that you've got to be a Suns fan. Well, things are good for the most part. Mm-hmm. If you've only been watching the game for, you know, last three or four years, if you watch through the 2010s and you stayed a loyal Suns fan, you are a Suns fan. Like those were hard times, man. Yeah. I had season tickets during some of that stretch and getting yourself motivated to go to a, a Sunday game against the top seed of thunder, you know, and you get only 69 points as a team and you see Tom Chambers falling asleep in his seat. Like those are games you remember <laughs> where you're like, well, you know, yeah, we lost, you know, to Dallas the other night, but it's not as bad as that game I went to. I mean, but it, but to argue the other side, I mean, we did have a big three of Eric Bledsoe, Goran Dragic, and Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> the small big three, yeah. And by big three, I mean a very small three. <laughs> yeah, man, it was hard times, like, you're trying to convince yourself unsuccessfully that, oh, Brandon Knight's going to pull it together <laughs> or that uh, Gerald Green dunking well in a 30-point blowout is going to cheer me up. It's... I, I will say Gerald Green did have a good run with the Suns. He was on that team where we barely missed out in the playoffs. So, like, we did sure. have that one season where we still won, like, 48 games and missed the playoffs. Like, that's insane. But, uh yeah, no, I thought Gerald Green was going to be a, a son for life after that season, but, you know, that's how things go. Yeah, and, like, I don't want to harp on it, but I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> let's let's look at the owners. Ishpia versus Sarver. You guys get mad Ishpia. You don't have to deal with Sarver. <laughs> I, I don't know how to tell you how lucky you are. <laughs> Between ethics, between spending, between free agent interest. Yeah, I mean, we went from Jerry Colangelo, who only wanted to win a title uh, the ethical way, obviously. He was, you know, shipping out anyone that did anything wrong. To Sarver, who came in and wanted to save as much money as he could and kind of piecemeal a team. Um, I think to go to Ishbia, it's been, you know, I it, I feel like I'm, I'm not sure if, like, this is, like, real or not. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I see the light and like I'm just waiting for a shoe to drop but it's not dropping and I'm, I'm so happy about that like but seriously like so you want to go on the record and say that you didn't like Sarver as our owner I will scream it from the mountaintop <laughs> any mountain you want me to go to I will go up there and scream it so but I mean like yeah so that's the case for positivity is I mean you have a big three that consists of Bradley Beal, who we would have died for a player like Bradley Beal in the 2010s. Yeah. Devin Booker, who's a bona fide superstar. And Kevin Durant, who's one of the, what, 10 best players of all time? Yeah, depending on how you want to rank them. Yeah. One of the best to ever do it. Yeah. There's your case for positivity. Ishby is your case for positivity. Yeah, I, I think people need to realize that not this one season is not make or break. Like they're going to be playing for championships every season is what Ishbia wants to do. So I'm not going to get too high or too low um, on any particular season at this point because it feels like Ishbia just wants to keep winning. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you wanted to cover as far as the Suns? Uh, do you have an ad placement you got to read? Uh, we are brought to you by Solo Stove. No, not really. Uh, 
You should just start making fake ads to to plug until you get an actual ad. No, I got I got nothing to plug. Uh, if you got nothing to plug, we'll wrap it up. Um, but I want to say thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, if you guys don't follow Panza, he's at Panza. That's at P A N Z A on Twitter. Uh, more commonly known as Sugar Dunkerton. Yes. If you know that reference, you're just as old as me. So <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you to everyone who listened today uh, to Staring at the Suns. We'll catch you on the next episode. Well, thanks, Brad. <laughs>